Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. and happy Wednesday. We got a very special treat for you. Last week, I was down in Florida and attended the Heritage Action for America Sentinels program. These are the grassroots activists that go out and work in the states, work in the federal elections, and do all they need to do to ensure that this country gets on the right footing in the aftermath of the Biden agenda. And I get to speak with a lot of the great guests. I got to speak to a lot of the great activists. I uh, had an amazing conversation with Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, who is taking the lead on what I call school choice 2.0, taking your tax dollars and making them portable. Said if you want to take your child out of the public school, you can do that and the money follows you wherever you decide to put your child. A really great conversation about the future of America. We had took that entire experience, made a TV special out of it, and now we've turned it into a made for broadcast podcast. And that's going to be today's show as we head into Thanksgiving. Take a listen. A lot of fun conversations here. Jessica Anderson, too. Really great interview about what Republicans need to do to make a difference between now and 2024. You're going to want to hear all that starting with Governor Stitt right after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, 
accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, America, and welcome to this Just the News Real America's Voice special report, the new foundation for American greatness. Today, we're in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, at the Heritage Action for America Sentinel program, where hundreds of grassroots activists are here rearming for the battles of 2023 and 2024. And the question that lies before them, the question we're going to address on this show tonight is, what will it take to return America to its great state? What are the issues? What are the tactics? What are the policies that get America back on its feet, whether it's energy, education, border, or international security? We've got a great lineup for you, starting with the Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, People who've been through the transgender movement, people who are on the front lines of education at every step. We're going to cover the policies that we know are at the heart of the 2022 election and are going to carry over in overtime to 2023 and 2024. We're really looking forward to the great discussion. And as you know, we're lucky to have this incredible partnership with Heritage Action for America. They make this special possible. They make these conversations possible every month. And there's no better way to start off than with the great governor of the state of Oklahoma, Governor Kevin Sitt. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be with you. Congratulations first on a big election victory. It was uh, it was fun. Tuesday night was great. You know, some of the some of the polls and the fake media That's were right. saying it was going to be close and she was even going to beat me. And uh, we won by more than we did four, uh, four years ago. So we won by f- over 14 points. And so uh, just so happy that the truth prevailed because there was a lot of negative ads run against me from sure some of the special interests. And yeah. it was a great night. Yeah, no, it is. And it's a good time for the Oklahoma people now because this experiment that you've created of taking conservative ideas, putting them into policy, it's working. You fought ESG. But I want to start with one that I know in your second term you're really committed to, education reform, empowering parents, school choice. Tell us where you're headed with that. Sure. Yeah. Well, first off, you know, not every kid learns the same way. Right. And we shouldn't just have I believe that every kid, regardless of their zip code or where they live or their race or their heritage, they should have the absolute opportunity for the best education possible. Sure. School choice should not be just for the rich. And so that's why I'm fighting so hard uh, for scholarships and to allow more charter schools and more private schools and maybe home schools. And, and uh, you know, one example, we just set up an aviation program in Norman, a new high school. So now if you want to become an, a pilot, or if you want to become an A&P mechanic, you can now come to this high school. And by the time you graduate, you've got your pilot's license and you're on your way to that type of a career. So I, I tell people we need more doctors, lawyers, engineers, but we also need more A&P mechanics and more pilots. And we need more um, heat and air and, and plumbers. And so we have to kind of think outside the box and really align our education system with the, with the workforce, with the workforce needs, with the companies. What are the jobs of tomorrow? And, uh, and I just think that the education system will not fix itself from within. We need to empower parents to make the best decision for their kids. The pandemic really helped on that front. It's amazing to watch the papa and mama bears that are now active in their kids' educations, active in politics. When you go out and talk to them, you just got done with the campaign, you're out with people every day. What are the most important things that parents are looking for right now? You know, I think it's exactly like that. What you said is, you know, parents want more of a say in their kids' education. Our parents are more active than they've ever been because during Zoom and during some some of the things that were happening nationally, you were seeing what was being taught. We saw some of the some of the nasty books that are in in some libraries, yeah. and uh, and parents. We want to put them in charge of their education system, and so I think that's super important. I tell people, regardless of where you're at in the political spectrum, you all want the best education for your kids, and but instead we're listening to these big labor unions that are trying to protect. And, and, and protect their little entity instead of putting parents in charge. We're the taxpayers. We should have education freedom. 
got the, who their customer that's, is. That's exactly right. They're trying to protect their little kingdom, yep. which is so disappointing. They're actually trying, supposed to be focused on the kids and they've lost their way. And now they would rather lock things down. And I had one district that was closed for 355 days. Unreal. I hammered them every day. Yep. And, and if you anybody was governor and they had to talk to the single moms that would call you and they would say, Governor, I have to go to work and my first grader is not learning how to read on Zoom. It would break your heart because my kids were in school the whole time. Right. And so that's why I fought so hard. But the hypocrisy of the left, those those folks, you know, the other governors in other states that are shutting their schools down and their superintendents of education, their kids are in private schools the whole time where they're saying, oh, it's not safe here. It's ridiculous. It is. It's incredible. Um, you're blessed to oversee a state that has some of the greatest energy resources in the world. We are suffering from inflation and an energy crisis. Diesel fuel, something that used to always be abundant, now in shortage. Um, what, uh, what do states need to do to pressure this Biden administration to unleash the fury? You know, I mean, I, the American people have got to stand up and, and just say, we've got to have some common sense. I mean, Every president of the United States since 1973 has had an energy independence policy. Let's meet the needs of our of our citizens with our own resources until this administration. And they've taken a left turn and they canceled the Keystone Pipeline. They are passing laws to tax the oil and gas industry. They're trying to put their finger on the scale, their thumb on the scale and, and drive away uh, you know, oil and gas. Yeah. That's really what's happening. So, so, but demand is the same. And what I try to explain to this administration is if demand is the same and you choke off supply, prices are going to go up. There's only one outcome. There's only one outcome. And we're seeing that at the grocery store and at the gas pump and the regulation is hurting the diesel stuff. Their solution is to buy oil from Russia and OPEC and, and maybe release it from the strategic stockpile, which is, makes no common sense at all. Uh, so we have to stand up. And that's about the federalism. And the states like Oklahoma, we're producing and we're doing our part. Uh, but we're also number two in wind energy production. I remind people that we need more of everything. I'm fine with wind. And, and I signed an MOU with the governor of Louisiana and Arkansas to actually bring a hydrogen hub to Oklahoma. Really? To our three states. And so we're leaning into hydrogen. Uh, we've got wind energy. Uh, obviously, we're number four in oil production, number three in natural gas. We've got some of the cleanest water, cleanest air in the country. And uh, the U.S. needs to be energy independent. That's just plain and simple. Yeah, it's a national security issue and a pocketbook issue. It's so remarkable. Um, you've, you've pursued the all above energy policy. Nuclear energy, for a while, people were putting their foot on that, trying to keep it out. It seems like it's having, it, with all the innovation going on in the science and engineering world, I'll come back. It could solve a lot of problems short term, can it? Absolutely. I mean, again, more of everything. We, we want to unleash. We believe in free market principles. And, uh, you know, right now, Europe is dealing with $180 a, a kilowatt hour. And Oklahoma is less than nine dollars. Amazing? It's amazing. Yeah. And so I'm talking to CEOs and we're recruiting businesses and manufacturing that that are looking for a reliable energy grid. And I think states like Oklahoma that have a reliable energy grid, we're producing more than we consume is going to be a huge economic driver versus states like California that tried to overregulate and try to stop new production. And so now they're dealing with uh, rolling blackouts. Right. And, uh, and I think if, if states will, will band together like Oklahoma and Texas and Pennsylvania and, the, and, the, and oil producing and energy producing states, I think that's a huge advantage for us. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, there's lessons to be learned in the states. I mean, one of the most amazing parts of the Biden administration, whether through the court system, whether through smart policy, federalism has really gotten revived. The idea that states are supposed to be first and uh, the best ideas grow from the ground up in the states and then go to Washington. When you look around, you talk to your colleagues that are going to be in Congress, what are some ideas that states are doing that Congress should, should be jumping on? Well, you know, like you like you said, uh, the states um, are actually, you know, building the buildings, building the roads. And I, and I remind people that, you know, in Oklahoma, we have a twenty five billion dollar budget. We get about 40 percent of our revenue from the federal government. And the rest is our state. Uh, but they can they can create policies in Washington, D.C., but but it's the states that actually implement it. So all we've got 50 different examples of democracy and they need to look around at, at which state has the best economy, which state has the best best uh, education system. And that's what I challenge my guys is let's let's bring 
bring those best ideas to Oklahoma and let's go pass them and let's be a top 10 state. And that's kind of my vision that I always talk about is top 10 state in everything we do, roads and bridges and tourism and the economy and, and healthcare and education. And so, um, but again, yes, the feds, I don't think our founders envision the federal government, a bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. telling us how to educate our kids, what to teach in our schools. There's no need for it. Because the state has a Department of Education in Texas, and, and, and that's the beauty of the way our founders set it up. Is, and I readily admit that, hey, every state can do things differently. What we do in Oklahoma, I represent the 4 million Oklahomans, and we're going to be different than California. And that's fine because we got 50 different examples of democracy and it's not a one size fits all across the country. So we're closer to the people. And that's what we always talk about in Oklahoma. The feds need to continue to uh, not be heavy handed with dictating what happens as a one size fits all across the country. Yeah, that doesn't work. We've learned it doesn't work. I got about 30 seconds left. More block grants, less federal agencies. You'd like to see that, right? A hundred percent. Because what happens is when these federal agencies get bigger, they simply try to write policies and they legislate from inside their agencies because of what they think is important. And uh, number one, it's not going through the people. It's not going through Congress. And it definitely needs to be belong to the states. Right. So we know that that's the right way to lead, that uh, whatever is not specifically designed for the federal government belongs to the states or the people is what our Constitution says. Such a novel idea and it works really well. I know all of America has its eyes on Oklahoma. So many great experiments under your leadership, Governor. What a great honor to have you here today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, you're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Folks, 
Welcome back from the commercial break. We just had this great conversation with Governor Kevin Stitt, and he talked about how important parents are to revolutionizing the American education system, taking it back from the bureaucrats, putting it back in the hands of parents. Our next guest, she's on the front lines of that very big fight. She's the president and founder of the Parents of Defending Education, Nicole Neely. Nicole, great to have you here today. Thanks for having me. You have been a warrior on the front lines of this. You've empowered parents. You've made changes from school boards nationwide. Uh, A lot of energy after the Virginia election with Glenn Youngkin, 2022, some mixed results. What do we make of them and where do we need to go next? Yeah, I mean, let's take a step back and realize most of the parents who are active in this fight right now, this is their first rodeo. You know, three years ago, they weren't politically active. And that, to me, is so fascinating. And so you think about the amount of money, the amount of power that has been entrenched in the system for so long. And it's not just the teachers unions. It's the secondary school principals, the PTA, the National School Board Association, like we saw all these entities that we thought were on our side that had our children's best interests at heart obviously didn't. And so parents are trying to make that up right now. And I feel like the past 18 months has really been the scales have fallen from people's eyes. They're getting smart about issues, about activism, about how to engage in these issues. And so the fact that, you know, at the local level, actually, there was a tremendous amount of turnover, lots of school boards flipping, lots of first time candidates running and winning school boards, uh, uh, state school boards uh, flipping Um, in Texas, um, in in, uh, South Carolina, a new state, great state superintendent of education, Ellen Weaver. And so I think there's a lot of cause for enthusiasm at the local level. And again, our parents are continuing to get smarter you know, become a little bit more battle hardened. And, you know, the nice thing is they're not going away. I think you and I saw the Tea Party fizzle out. And I have full confidence that this parent movement is not fizzling out because you think about kitchen table issues. I sit across from my children every single night at the kitchen table and I see them withering on the vine in their school. And I think, you know what? This is not going to happen. I'm not going to let this happen. No greater motivation than that to get in the fight. Uh, Actually, a lot of the elections occurred in the spring and summer, too. And so when you take the tally for all of 2022, a lot of victories on this front, probably more than in any recent memory that I can think of. There's a mindset. I just saw it again with Congressman Eric Swalwell in the last few days saying, you know, if you let parents have a say in education, it's like letting the patient do his own surgery. Not true at all. But how do you stamp that mindset up? Because it's clearly ingrained in a lot of policymakers and certainly in the school bureaucrats. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we think last year with Terry McCall of saying parents don't have a role. Yeah. A few months ago, the Michigan Democrat Party had that Facebook post up that they had to take down when they right? said the role of public education is to prepare children for to function in society. Who's defining what that is? It's, oh, it's you guys where you think it's, and you know, it's, we see parents being called birthing people, right? It's, it's this general shift away. And then also setting families up in an adversarial relationship against the schools as well as against their children. I mean, one thing we see, particularly in the gender space, is this use of the term safety. Families are not safe. They're not supportive. My children would never ever think that I was not loving and supportive of them unless someone put that idea in their head. They are intentionally trying to destroy the relationship between parents and children because they think they know better than we do. You, um, you see it in some of the trainings that they've given the teachers out of Missouri and others. There's clearly these little subtle messages designed to drive a wedge between child and parent. It's really remarkable. Um, a lot of victories are there, critical race series on the front lines, a lot of big victories there, transgenderism currently being fought out. 2023, 2024, where do th- does this conversation and policy debate go next? Yeah, last year through our tip line, almost 100% of what we got in was about race. This year, probably 75% is about gender. Title IX, obviously a lot of this is being driven by the federal government. Where we see things moving and where we hear questions from parents right now are about surveys and data mining of children, getting inside kids' heads. So using kind of this mental health crisis as a reason for more funding. Right? The same people that made our children basket cases by keeping schools cut shut for yeah, 18 months that ironic? Are, are the same ones who say, give us more money, we'll fix the problem. You know what, I don't really trust you guys and I don't want you in there. And again, while we're dumping all these all this money into mental health intervention, who's doing that? It's, it's the counselors. Well, is it a licensed mental health counselor or is it the college counselor that says, are you gonna go to Illinois or Illinois State? These are not trained professionals. And we also see schools that are intentionally withholding information from parents, um, saying we're going to maintain two separate sets of records so your, parent, your, your, your family doesn't know if you're a different gender at home. And so that worries a lot of our parents. Um, what's happening to that information? How will it be used against us in the future? Um, and again, if you're, if you're trying to fix my child's mental health, how on earth is telling my child you can be one thing at home and one thing at school? You know, that's how you end up with, with a mental health you issue. Do. Yes, and it's the ultimate so, crisis. Yeah, yeah. Living in two worlds. 
Um, the courts have been a strong place of victory, obviously school board elections. What will a new Congress potentially lend to this effort to try to uh, balance things back in uh, parents' favor? Yeah, I think, you know, at the federal level, um, talking to people up in the Hill, I think they're they're enthused about some investigations as to, you know, why parents are called domestic terrorists, for example, um, as well as, yeah, let's put forward an agenda that actually empowers parents to know what is going on in their children's education, to be involved. Things like that that really should not be partisan. The fact that that has become a partisan issue is mind boggling. We know that children do better when parents are involved in their kids' lives, period. If my children are learning about Germany, I'll make schnitzel for dinner. We'll watch a movie together, right? We want to be supportive. We want to be engaged. Extended learning, yeah. Yeah, and not be held at arm's length, not be talked down to or dismissed. Um, I, you know, last year I would get emails from my kids' school once a week. They'd say, oh, we talked about the 60s this week. Well, what part of the 60s? What, did you do the Beatles or the Weather Underground? Right. I need more information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I deserve more information. Yeah. And, so, and they treat it like a state secret. It's absolutely. crazy. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> File a public records request. How dare you do that to us? Yeah. Well, Nicole, you have won so many battles. You're empowering parents, you're training parents. You can see this massive grassroots army. It's an amazing thing to watch. Being here at the Sentinel program, you, you get the sense that the grassroots is where the action really is, isn't Absolutely, it? Yeah. yeah. Great honor to have you on the show today. Congratulations on all your team. We're gonna be watching closely in 2023. Perfect. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. down in Fort Worth, Texas, having an extraordinary conversation with everyday Americans. And our next guest has an extraordinary story to tell. His name is Walt Heyer, and he's the author of Trans Life Survivor and Articles of Impeachment Against Exchanges. It's such an honor to have you here today, Walt. Um, you have an amazing story to tell. I think a lot of people haven't heard it. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Well, uh, it started in 1944. So a long time ago. Um, I was a curious kid. My grandmother was a seamstress making women's clothing and uh, she was babysitting me and I became very interested in what she was doing. I lean on the sewing machine as a four-year-old kid, kind sure. of mesmerized by what grandma was doing and, and showed an interest in, um, you know, cross-dressing as a four-year-old. It was curiosity. Right. And uh, as a four-year-old is curious about everything. And so grandma decided uh, in her wisdom to make me a purple chiffon dress, uh, perfectly matched to my little body at in 1944, put that dress on me and started affirming me and started telling me how cute I was. And uh, therein lies what we call an adverse childhood experience where you begin to damage a child. It, this is emotional and psychological abuse. Now, I did not know it was at right. the time. It's too little to tell. It seemed like fun, yeah. right? It right. seemed very benign. But what she was doing was destroying my core identity, the way I saw myself, the way I visualized myself, the way I presented myself. So um, with that, she decided to keep it a secret for two and a half years until I became so accustomed to the affirmation of every time I was over there and she would babysit me, I'd be in the purple dress. Wow. That's just the way it was. Yeah. And so this, this is the indoctrination that we see going on today. 
And it's no different today, really. Uh, the, the harm is even greater because there's a lot more people involved in the affirmation process. Right. And now they're giving people hormones and surgery at such a young age. And thankfully, that didn't happen to me at that young age. It happened later. But uh, so, you know, as time went on, uh, my, my father, I, after he found out that I was cross-dressing, uh, he became, you know, just horrified about what his mother-in-law had been doing, right. if you can imagine. And so um, he began to, in his own way, try to discipline me with a hardwood floor plank, thinking this was the way to man me up. Right. You know, sort of like right. a blacksmith would take a uh, hot iron and pound it over a, uh, something and shape it. And he was going to shape me into a man with a hardwood floor plank. That was his best tool. That's all he knew to do. But that wasn't the end of it. He had an adopted uh, brother uh, who was a teenager at the time. And because I was wearing a purple dress, it became family knowledge. Uh, he began to sexually molest me. So this is by the time I'm nine years old, I've been cross-dressed, affirmed, hit with a hardwood floor plank and sexually molested. It's wow. not the best way to start life. I'll say so. So um, that set within me these things which we now know because there's been a lot of research about it called adverse childhood experiences. And so um, I didn't know it at the time, but I was going through this pattern and all of a sudden the news came out in the 50s, Christine Jorgensen headline, the soldier becomes a female. Right. And I thought that was the way I identified. It's like, nobody's talking about this. It's the first thing I'd seen. That's me. That's me. That must be what I'm about. So then I began to take in that identity and went through that process. Uh, and I was never homosexual. I never had that as an issue. I had this gender confusion that started with a purple dress, hardwood floor plank and sexual molestation. So I got married. I had children. I was an associate design engineer on the Apollo space missions working on the area of cryogenics. I left that industry and went into the automobile industry and became a top executive for American Automotive Company wow. as the national operations manager. But I was struggling with a purple dress, a hardwood floor plank and sexual molestation had not been dealt with. You know, when we don't deal with things that happen to us, yep. when we have adverse childhood experience, they're gonna come back and haunt yeah, you at some point. they carry on, don't they? And so I had this identity problem all through my life, even during the marriage, and I told her I was struggling. And, and so uh, while I was with American uh, Honda, uh, I decided that I would go see a gender specialist. And let me just say to anybody listening to this, never go to a gender specialist they will destroy your life. That's their whole purpose, is to destroy their, your life. Hmm. I went to a gender specialist. He said, you have gender dysphoria, and what you need is hormones and surgery. That was in 1981. I went through the protocols in 1982. I got divorced, left my wife 1983. I had the surgery, um, and I identified as Laura Jensen, lived that way for eight years. I started studying psychology at UC Santa Cruz because I'm interested in really getting into what this is about. Right. And um, I realized that people who identify in this way are struggling with either bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, body dysmorphia, depression, some underlying comorbid issue. Uh, nobody's born transgender. In fact, the truth is, this is the, the truth today. Transgenders don't exist. There is no such thing as a transgender. I have a paper here from Superior Court of California, San Mateo, written by the doctor who performed my surgery. He had done 5,000 surgeries. Wow. Signed and co-signed by the guy who approved me for surgery, saying the only thing that hormones and surgery is capable of doing to anyone is neutering them. Wow. Nobody, else. nobody is altered hormonally to the point to where they change genders. The only thing that hormones do is make you look feminine or for a girl look masculine. So what is the real word that we should be using? The real word is we're feminizing boys or men and masculinizing women. We're not changing anybody's gender. No gender in history has ever changed. That's right. So it's, it's, not, even, impossible. it's not even a gender issue. And so I wrote this book, a cheap plug for my book. This tells <laughs> about the history. Of, of how it got started. And it was started by people who were pedophiles. It wasn't started by people who were trying to help yep. kids. They were started by pedophiles. And then I wrote this book, Trans Life Survivors, that you mentioned. Right. 
This book gives the consequences. These are 30 stories about people whose lives were destroyed. Talk about the consequences. We've only got a few minutes left. But I want to capture the personal consequences to you and the decision when you decide I'm done with this. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, I lost my career. Uh, they threw me out. Uh, I, as income wise, I've never had a job since October 1983 that I could really. I, so I lost over with my income at the time. If I'd have just gone steady through that would have been about two million dollars in loss. Uh, so those are consequences. My kids paid a huge price for my um, misguided ideas about this whole idea. And of course, uh, I was divorced. Now I'm remarried for 25 years. Um, we started a ministry that reaches around the world called sexchangeregret.com. Right. And people can reach out. I've, I've been working with people now uh, for well over 12 years. The first person I helped it actually 25 years ago. So uh, we've learned about adverse childhood experiences. They're called ACEs. We realize that there is a thing called generalized dysphoria. Mm -hmm. People do not have gender dysphoria. That was a made up term to have this explosion in 2013 when they changed the terminology in the DSM. Generalized dysphoria is real. Gender dysphoria is not. For parents and children and others going through this and policymakers, what's the most important message you want them to take? The yeah, most experience? important message to understand that what we've set up here is we have a social contagion that is indoctrinating kids in school. And there is this is so troubling to me because I have kids writing me at 10 years old who are caught up in these things in school and I help the parents get out of it. So policymakers need to understand nobody changes genders. We're feminizing boys, masculinizing girls. Stop using the word gender dysphoria. Stop using the word transgender. Stop saying you're transitioning and stop using the word gender dysphoria because nobody has. I haven't found one person that actually has gender dysphoria. I found that they have generalized dysphoria. So I've written about this, many articles, and so I think we need to own the language. We're using the LGBT language, yep. and we're hurting ourselves by using their terminology. We need to stop doing own it. Own the language, own the narrative. It's one of the great lessons in all of history. That's what happens. Walt Heyer, what an extraordinary experience. Well, thank you for sharing it and helping us uh, learn a lot more about it. Really, what a great conversation. Thank you, it's my pleasure. Great honor to have you. Folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. break. We're down in Fort Worth, Texas. I know this is a different set. That's because we're visiting Texas and the Sentinel program, the Heritage Action for America Sentinel program. And I'm blessed to be joined by now by one of the original Sentinels in the Heritage Action for America program, Ishmael Moran. Great to have you here, sir. Thank you, John. You have been in this program from the beginning. You've seen the grassroots army grow. How has it changed? We're in 2022. It's bigger, larger, more energetic. What things have you seen? I think it was more, more, uh, not only larger, but more, more energetic. I think that, that you see the passion in the activists and the grassroots movement. And, um, you know, I think you see it in the elections. I think, you know, we elected our first Republican Congress uh, woman yeah. in, in over a hundred years down in, uh, um, in, in South Texas yeah, and District, right, yeah, 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 Monica De La Cruz. Right. We did, we, you know, we came close to reelecting um, Myra Flores. Flores. They won, uh, they won District 34 yeah. down there. So, 
So I think we're, you know, Cassie Garcia, even though she lost, she, she, she ran a very competitive race. Very tight, yeah. Yes, yes. So we're making a lot of huge gains. And when you're, when you're a Sentinel, it is a year-long commitment. You're doing things every day. You're knocking on doors. You're talking to people. You're educating them. As you were out this election, what did you pick up from the American electorate? What were the issues that really were at the heart of their concern? Well, being on, being on the border, obviously, you know, border issues, I think that's something that runs deep and, 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 uh, and many of us are passionate about. Of course, the, the economy. I mean, when you go go to the grocery store and you're paying, you know, at least a uh, dollar more per, for a dozen eggs. Yeah. And uh, many of the folks down there uh, literally, literally make minimum wage. So, you know, how do you balance your budget? Yeah. Hard choices every yes. day, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the two parties have been battling over this issue for a couple of years. Inflation, the changes that the Biden administration brought in. Everyday Americans, when they go to that gas tank to fill it or they go to the grocery cart to fill it, what do they want Washingtonians to know? The people that actually control the policy, what do they need to hear from the real people of America? Well, I, I think I think the key thing is to work for the people. In other words, um, and, and, and at the end of the day, it's it's you're looking at folks that, um, you know, the majority of the folks down in South Texas, down where I'm from, right. work for school districts or work for um, for some for the government, right. or whether it be state, federal, local. So um, when 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 the, you're you're in jobs that, uh, unlike in the private sector, that you can get get a promotion or, or, or relocate, they 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 establish a career and establish roots down there. So even if you're a small business owner, you start looking at the challenges with uh, when you when you um, when you raise taxes. When um, the economy is slowing down, you know, we, we already, the economy is slowing down, the likelihood that we may go into a right. deep recession Session. next year. Yeah. So then that hurts them. And, uh, and then that makes it tougher for them to, to, to just survive um, and make, an, make, a, make, 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 make their bills and their loans, whatever they may have regarding their, their businesses or, or if they have a mortgage. Look at look at the mortgage rate. I mean, it's doubled. It doubled in just a few short months. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like a year ago, you get a mortgage at three percent. Now what? It's six percent. Yeah. So. Some places seventy. <laughs> yes. I know it's right. amazing. So that's yeah. challenging. Yep. So a lot of these folks that have a variable uh, loan, right. all of a sudden now maybe their payment was four hundred dollars. Now it's eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. Very important disposable income. Gone. Yes. Just like that. Yes. So. When 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 our elected officials go and spend money like they did this last year, it's going to have an impact. Yeah, it sure does. Man, they're spending it more still. It's crazy. Uh, you've lived almost your entire life on the border. You've seen uh, the change in policy the last two years. For all those who live at the border and know what's really going on, what's the most important message you can tell the policymakers in Washington? Well, that it's uncontrollable. Uh, we're being overrun and. Unfortunately, a lot of the incidents do not get to report it. Um, it's like I was um, looking at yesterday, we had in, in, in the McAllen, Texas area, um, two, two young men, two, two juveniles that were illegals, um, ran through a gated community trying to evade the law enforcement. And, uh, and the challenges, it's like I always share with a lot of folks, is that let's say we catch one vehicle of, of drugs, whether it right. be fentanyl, cocaine, well, how many more crossed? That's it. Yeah, the yeah. gotaways, right? Yes, right. Yeah. So uh, that's a challenge. And then um, we look at, I remember when I was growing up, um, you would have folks cross the border, but it wasn't in the numbers that are crossing today. Uh, it's, it's, I would go, say it would be on tenfold. I, I don't want to exaggerate, but, but it's more than that. Um, and primarily back then, the majority would be of Mexican descent. Right. Now it's every country, right? Now it's every country. And the other thing that a lot of us are not aware of, because we, some of us don't live on the border, is these are not just people from Central or South America. These are people from other countries. Yep. Europe, are, Middle East, right? Yes, that's correct. They just simply come across. Wow. Scary moment. Yes. Yes, Mel Moran, you've had an incredible history with uh, the Sentinel program. It's been amazing being here, watching all these grassroots warriors. Honored to have you on the show. Thank you for your service to this program because it's uh, such an amazing thing to watch all of these grassroots activists making a difference in their country. Well, thank you, John, for the opportunity to share my, uh, my experiences. It's a great honor to have you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Everybody. The pro-life movement has so many new energetic voices and activists changing this country day by day. And one of them, we're lucky, is joining us right now. Seth Gruber from the White Rose Resistance is here with us. Seth, love what you're doing. Everybody's getting excited about what you've been yeah, able to do yeah, in this country. You, brother. What do you see coming out of this election for the pro-life movement? Yeah, so there's been polling on this already, as you've seen as well. And it does seem that abortion was a top tier issue for the left that drove them to the polls, which it usually doesn't. Right. It's it's usually things that more directly impact your life. Right. Right. Whether that's the safety of your neighborhoods or the gas prices or what's it called now? Bite inflation. inflation, Uh, It's usually those kind of issues. It's not usually abortion. Um, But I think Roe v. Wade getting overturned upset the, I call it the spirit of the age and his acolytes, uh, just to be clear, but but the secular progressive moral revolutionaries, right? Um, for whom abortion is a sacrament. It's, 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 it's a core centerpiece of really the entire secular progressive um, moral revolution. That goes back to Margaret Sanger. That goes back to Thomas Malthus in the sure. 1800s. This idea of overpopulation, too many people, eugenics, kill the babies, the poor. Uh, so this is a long train of ideas. And so I think Roe v. Wade getting overturned was just one move too far for these revolutionaries. And so they lost their freaking mind. Uh, and so I think that's kind of what drove them to the polls. But on the, on the opposite side, we kind of saw a lot of governors winning victories yep. who had stood very firm on the down. issue of life, whether that was DeSantis Kevin Stitt, um, that there were several others. I wrote them down here. Brian Kemp, of course, who was very solid on pro-life. Greg Abbott here in Texas. Um, Also Kay Ivey, who didn't go as far enough for some pro-lifers, but was still quite firm uh, on her Human Life Protection Act in 2019. New Hampshire Governor Chris, uh, how do you say it? Sununu. Sununu, I said it right. Um, He only banned abortions after 24 weeks, which is still heinous to allow that many uh, late-term babies to be killed, but won against the Democratic nominee. So um, a lot of gubernatorial elections were won by conservatives and pro-lifers who had been pretty firm on the pro-life issue. So I think you said earlier, it kind of split both ways. So that was kind of interesting to see. But this culture war, I think, is just getting started on the issue of life with the overturning of Roe. Where does it go next? Uh, I think you, when you look at Dr. Oz's performance in Pennsylvania, a little <laughs> bit of waffling there, and it probably hurt him. You see yeah. some of the evangelicals don't come out. What is the biggest lesson for conservative and liberal candidates to take from this election about uh, issues of life? Yeah, well, I think for conservatives, it's to triple down, to, to, to hit back twice as hard and to not pull your punches and to insist on healthy standards. You know, I mean, it doesn't take me to tell you this, brother, but Democrats in the 1960s and 70s would be ultra MAGA Republicans today. It's true. They, they would yeah. be smeared by Some the are, White House actually, press secretary yeah. as ultra MAGA, whatever that means, whatever <laughs> they're trying to do with that one. Yeah. Um, because most Democrats in the 60s and 70s were pro-life. They were. And so isn't that fascinating? That if, fascinating. They, if they just yeah. jumped in a time machine with Marty McFly and the DeLorean and, yep. and came out in D.C. in 2022, they they'd be like, why is my party calling me a domestic terrorist just because I'm pro-life? <laughs> I mean, the FBI has arrested over 11 pro-lifers yeah. in the last six it's weeks. It's crazy, isn't it? For a, a 
allegedly violating the freedom of access to clinic entrances. Right. They, they didn't really at all. It's wicked what's happening. In my opinion, this is Attorney General Merrick Garland's uh, revenge fury war against all the conservatives that kept him from getting a seat on the highest court in the Man. land. Let's all remember that. He's behind these yeah. arresting of pro-lifers. And so I think it's very important for us to understand that if we don't get this issue right, we are abandoning the entire culture war. And so this is what I try to say to uh, squishy, moderate pro-lifers who, who they do want abortion legal to a certain point. Right. I want to tell them what Reagan said in his book, Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation, mm-hmm. after he became pro-life and regretted his pro-abortion policies in California. And in that book, he has a compelling short line, and I want to share it with you and your listeners. He Please. says, Abraham Lincoln recognized that we could not survive as a free nation as long as some men could decide that others are not fit to be free and should therefore become slaves. Then Reagan said, likewise, we cannot survive as a free nation today as long as some men can decide that others are not fit to live and should therefore be abandoned to abortion and infanticide. So there is no cause more important than affirming than the transcendent right to life of all human beings, Mm -hmm. the right without which no other rights have any meanings. So if we were to paraphrase Reagan today, we might say, if you don't get the right to life right, you won't get any other rights right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the fundamental right. You might have said it just that way, it, too. Yeah, it wasn't a coincidence <laughs> that our founders put the right to life first. Yeah. That, that wasn't just a coincidence. They no. understood what they were doing. The right to liberty, pursuit of happiness, and property don't mean much. In fact, they mean nothing at all if you can be killed. And so as long as our government continues to deny the natural right to life to an entire class of human beings, our own rights will constantly be endangered by modern jurists and a ruling class whose jurisprudence is completely foreign to the founding fathers. We're heading into right out of the, well, this election isn't even over yet, but it soon will be over, we hope. Uh, we're going to head right into the 2024 election. What is the the issues and how does life and abortion play in the next two years with so many states going to be taking actions and litigation playing out in the courts? Where do you think uh, it plays in the election. Well, firstly, I wish Clarence Thomas had gone the I wish that the court had gone the Clarence Thomas route and yeah. gone the whole way right. and appealed to the personhood protections of every human being in the Constitution as the legal argument for the overturning of abortion at the federal level. Right. If you are a conservative and you want to live by any mantle of the term conservative, you must support a federal ban on abortion in all 50 states from the moment of conception. If it's a human being, it's a person and it has a right to life. And so Clarence Thomas was the only justice, unfortunately, that wanted to go the whole way. Yeah. And fully, not just overturn Roe, right. but fully ban it at the federal ban. level. Right. Uh, so we need more people with the jurisprudence of Clarence Thomas. But in the meantime, we fight at the state level. We get the right people elected. And I think we're learning through the DeSantis season that we're living in that that's the future of the GOP. And if it doesn't become the future of the GOP, the GOP will cease to be a relevant party in this country. Pretty important words to remember as we head into this. <laughs> Seth, what a great opportunity to have you here at this amazing event in Texas. Yes, and, thank uh, you. Thanks for what you do. Amen. It's amazing stuff. You too. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be wrapping things up just right after this. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
everybody. We're gonna wrap up this conversation today with the executive director of the Grassroots Army that is Heritage Action for America. Jessica Anderson, it is good to have you here. Great to be here. Um, we've been having a conversation about laying a new foundation for American greatness. A lot of people come out of this election thinking, well, maybe we gotta hold back our ambitions. We didn't get what we wanted out of the election. You don't agree with that at all, do you? No, John, I actually think the exact opposite of that, which is the Biden administration thinks that they have a mandate from the American people, and they don't. It would be a mistake to assume he had it after 2020, and he certainly doesn't have it after the results of this last week for the 2022 midterms. Instead, what I, what I believe to be true is that the American people are so fed up with the business as usual on the left and on the right, and they wanna see something different. They wanna know that there's a real governing agenda that will help their lives, that will put their families first, their kids first, actually allow parents to have control over what their kids are learning. So many more issues. And so when we talk about what new foundation is needed, that's what we mean. We mean real leadership on the real issues and an actual clear governing, governing agenda for where we want America to be over the next 5, 10, 15 years. There's a great line in the movie Apollo 13, failure is not an option. I think for Republicans, status quo is not an option. What does the grassroots do to make sure that message is relentlessly delivered so they're not tempted to fall back to their natural tendency, which is let's not rock the boat in Washington? Well, first, I think we have to hold the ground that we've gained. There has been so many incredible strides by the conservative grassroots over the last 18 months at the state level. Look at the election integrity bills that have passed. Look at the pro-life measures that have passed the anti-ESG, so many great school choice bills. Arizona just signed universal school choice in a way that Arizona never thought they were gonna do that a decade ago. And so there is good work that has been going on at the state level. Now we have to do more of that. We have to take that energy, couple, of it, couple it with our frustrations at the federal level and plow full steam ahead. And I actually think because we've retired Nancy Pelosi now, she's given up her gavel. Yeah. Because we've retired her, we're gonna serve as the accountability block to Biden. His legislative agenda is effectively over. And that's a good thing. And we have to use that now to get even more gains, put conservatives in leadership positions, on committees, uh, using the power of FOIA and investigations, making the rules package so it works for the American people. I mean, there's a laundry list of things that we need to get done over the next 90 days. When you look at uh, the agenda and you look at the fact that it's still going to be divided government, it seems like the power of the purse is the big hammer that Republicans can exercise. They can do everything from the border to parents' rights through the budget process. What are the top priorities you want them to use that, uh, that power for? That's right, John. The budget is where you put your policy priorities. Plain and simple. I was taught that very early in my career. The budget is where you put your policy priorities. So if Republicans are serious about securing the border, the first thing that they'll do is they'll drop a border security package on day one and they'll title it HR1. And that will effectively close the border, provide additional resources and funding for the law enforcement to do their job to secure our border. It'll close all the loopholes that the Biden administration has just run roughshod over. Um, and it will tighten up all of the uh, asylum claims and how the asylum process works on the border right now. That security package is critical if we're actually gonna be serious and follow through to the American people what all these Republican candidates have promised. They've all said they would secure the border. They need to do that and put that as their number one priority, HR1. And then from there, John, there's a number of issues to tackle. You can look at big tech and the need to put big tech in check. Um, that could look like Section 230 reforms. We've got some great model legislation. That's a start for Congress to get his get their arms around. Um, on the issue of China, I think you're actually going to see a desire for Republicans, probably for the first time really in over a decade, to get serious about making a China-resistant American economy. And to do that means we're going to have some trade-offs. Things are going to cost more because we're going to buy American. And every single grassroots conservative I talk to says, absolutely, I will pay $2 more for these goods to know that they're not propping up the CCP. So those are three things that Congress can do immediately, the border, big tech, and China. The most tangible thing people feel from the Biden era more than anything else is inflation because it affects every part of their life. People are making a choice between filling the grocery cart or the gas tank. Um, what can be done in the short term to alleviate that pressure, start to put the economy back to a more normal pace? 
The absolute easiest thing that could be done is opening up American energy. The fact that the Biden administration closed the Keystone pipeline, halted drilling in America from coast to coast is just a complete um, negligence, frankly, of understanding how the energy market impacts our economy. And so all of these efforts that they've made that are very short sighted, very short term of, you know, unleashing the reserve and buying more barrels abroad. I mean, none of that is real. He has to unlock and allow American energy to flourish. And so Congress plays a role here because they can push and they can push um, and open up through the DOE and through the appropriations process, the ability to have American energy once again. Yeah, it just seems such a rational thing. And yet it keeps getting kicked down yeah, the road it, with this it president. It makes no sense. It doesn't. No, it's simple economics. Um, some of the greatest experiments of the last two, three, four, five years have occurred, occurred through federalism. Mm -hmm. States' rights, states experimenting, finding ways to empower parents to uh, change uh, security and policing in, in the country. Uh, what are some of the examples you see in the states that you hope people in Washington start to adopt? Well, I'm so encouraged because it seems like we're finally getting serious about education freedom reform. Yep. And that means we're not relying on the federal government to deal with education. We're actually encouraging and pushing that back to the states, frankly, where it belongs. So the state governments that have put universal education savings accounts uh, on the table for the 2023 session, that's huge. Uh, Governor Stitt has committed to doing that in Oklahoma. That's going to be a big deal. In Texas, we're going to see Governor Abbott follow through on a big campaign promise he had to bring school choice to Texas. If we can get those two states done, that will have a ripple effect across the country. Because at the end of the day, John, what we want is the money to follow the student. We don't want it shackled to the federal government to then the state government. We want to bust that up. Yep. So there's no role for the federal government to have other than very, very slim with Native American tribes and with D.C. That's it. Everything else needs to be at the state level. And so I think this is a huge opportunity for governors. All those governors that are coming off of big wins from this last week, they need to just dig in deep and double down when it comes to education reform. They got, they got a mandate. They, they got are, a mandate. It's no clear. Yeah. Parents are not yeah. going away. As yeah. a parent, I've got two kids. I'm telling you what, there is no way we're letting off the gas on this issue at all. We want our kids well protected. When we drop them off for school, we want to know they're being taught civics, math, Latin, education, you know, actual literary schools. Yeah. We don't want this indoctrination that's coming through critical race theory. Do we get to a point where we can make the Department of Education not have to be a cabinet agency more because we trust our states? I think so. And I think 2024, that's actually going to be a huge signal which Republicans on the presidential ticket are running to actually abolish the Department of Education. So if the states can handle it the way that we want them to and prove that ground the next two years, why do we have a federal Department of Ed? We don't need it. Yeah, such an amazing, um, amazing energy here with the Sentinels. Uh, Jessica, what you've created, the left had this for a decade. You have caught up very quickly for conservatives. Remarkable venture. I've just been blown away by the energy, enthusiasm, and the direction that people have. Congratulations. Thank and, you, John. And thanks for being part of it. Sentinel Nation is fierce. It, it is. It, we're relentless optimists, and we're not going away. We, we know that America needs to change, and we want to be part of that. Well, that's something I think all of our audience is nodding their heads at right now. Folks, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been an honor to have this great conversation right here in the great state of Texas with all the great sentinels of Heritage Action for America. Have a great evening. All right, folks, that wraps up our Wednesday edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can tune in. I hope you enjoyed that special. Uh, a big thanks to all my friends at Heritage Action for America for all that they do and for making all those guests available. What a great set of conversations, a really meaningful hour of very serious policy ideas, thought leadership. Uh, great group of folks here. All right, we're headed into Thanksgiving. Yes, it's Wednesday night. If you didn't go shopping, it's not too late. Get your cranberries, get your pumpkin pie. Be sure to get your turkey or ham, whatever you like on Thanksgiving Day. But don't despair. Even though it's a holiday, we will have a special edition of John Solomon Reports on Thursday. I am lucky to invite onto the show for a very personal conversation, a kind of get-to-know conversation, my amazing co-host on Just the News, No Noise, a television show on Real America's Voice. Amanda Head will be in the house tomorrow. We'll talk about all things Thanksgiving, some of our favorite memories, some of our favorite 
moments of the last 11 months together on television. Amanda is an amazing thought leader, an amazing journalist. I love being on air with her. And I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation with her. And then we're going to get you a head start on Black Friday. Yes, Christmas shopping season. It's starting on Friday. I can't stand Black Friday. I never go out. I absolutely protest it. But we've got an incredible opportunity. If you are looking for a novel memorable gift for the man in your life. Man Crates has created some of the most incredible gift ideas for men and some of the best packaging. Sometimes it comes in an ammunition can. Almost always it comes in a crate, hence the name Man Crates. Well, the head of product development is joining us from Man Crates, and we're going to give you some early Christmas ideas. Yep, get that shopping list out early. We're going to spur some excitement. Get your hot cocoa out after the Thanksgiving turkey. We're going to get ready for Christmas with a really great conversation with my friends from Man Crates. So both of those will be on Thanksgiving Day. Watch the Macy's Parade. Tune in after that. We'll have some food for thought before the Thanksgiving dinner begins. Amanda Head and a really great conversation with our friends at Man Crates tomorrow for Thanksgiving. So until then, have a great night. And when you start your morning tomorrow, please accept an early happy Thanksgiving for me and my family, the Solomon family, to you. God bless and good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. Thank you.